Are you the kind of gal who's not interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and join me as I interview and learn and get curious about other hairstylists I believe are living life on their own terms, defining what success means for them and living lives in alignment with that. Let's dive in. Okay, guys. So this episode today is like one I've been so excited about because Jessie Fisher, she's my client. She's an actress. She's got a career that I think most of us would say, oh my God, like, how do you even get there? But we've talked over the years because I've been doing her hair for so long that there's a lot of similarities between her career path and being a professional actress and in ours as hairstylists. And like the common thread is, you know, Jessie was saying before the show, like, that were both artists and, you know, the mindset and the mind blocks and the things that you have to get over to get to where she's gotten to in her career, I think is just going to be a gift she gives us today. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you asked. Yeah. I felt very honored because like every time I've come to you and we're talking about your podcast, it is so expansive and it covers so many, I think so many different voices and kinds of humans are, um, you know, make sense to be on your podcast. And I was always like, Oh, I don't know if I have anything to contribute. So I was very honored that you asked me. <laughs> well, and when I started it, I was like, Oh, do I do like a client podcast where I like, cause I have so many interesting clients. And then now that I've had it for a while, I'm like, no, we can all live together. So, yeah. you know, I think that's something I definitely want to talk about with you because you know, that's something that I feel like I've watched you since, I don't know if it was 2007 when I started doing your hair or what, but like how I've watched you so gracefully be more than one thing. Like, obviously like to be the star of a musical, like a Broadway, like once and to be in all these different places that are such high level. I think you've also done a beautiful job of like remaining true to yourself. And mm. I remember when you were moving to New York, you're like, no, I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to like my life's in Chicago. And I think just like, I'd love for you to speak to how you, you found a way to chase your dreams, but also stay true to yourself and you're still doing it. And we'll get into all that, but yeah, just how. Yeah. Well, I think the big how is something you totally understand, which is kind of the thread of your podcast, which is you have to be the barometer of your own success. Everyone else has, is going to have opinions about what success looks like. And maybe that is their dream or what, what their goals look like, but that doesn't define what yours necessarily are. So just because it might look on the outside, like if you can have, if you're an actress like me, um, and everyone knows what Broadway is and everyone thinks Broadway is synonymous with the highest you can get as a theater artist, you have to still investigate what it means to you specifically. Does it check things off your list specifically? What do you want out of it? Instead of just going along on the ride and being like, I guess everyone else says this is as good as it gets. And I guess everyone else would say, so I guess you're a New Yorker now, or you're going to move, or this changes everything for you. But it's taking those surprise successes that happen um, and still distilling from them what you are what you need, what you want, and how you can still maneuver things to fit into the life you're already living and building. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Um, I can connect with that for hairstyles for sure. And I think it's very similar. Like, okay, well, 
you're, you're doing, I mean, you're living the dream that everyone says, like everyone would aspire to have. And then you're like, well, fuck, but I still have to be me. And I still have to like, have it work for my life. And I think that's the, the emptiness that so many people feel. And I know that I felt initially when I like was following all the rules and being like, but I am that colorist with the clips on my sleeve that has like the, the most, the biggest following here. And like, this is it. Right. Right. And I would imagine it's similar to where, you know, there's so many different roads. And I was thinking about you because there, I don't know enough, but there must be um, like certain salons that are like the height of where you could be a colorist at. Or if you're working under this title, that must be so impressive. And having uh, my, um, someone had sent me this meme and I, I can't quote the whole thing directly, but it's become my, um, I've decided it's the theme of my year, which is um, impress less, connect more. Um, But the idea of like, this might look impressive if I'm working at this salon, it might sound really impressive, but is that what you want? Is that what's impressive to you? Is that what you're chasing? You know, I think it's important to separate what is impressive and what actually satisfies you and what makes you happy. Totally. And I don't know if it's social media or what, but like back when I was like, yeah, I work at this impressive place and I have, you know, all these things. And, and, and the same thing you're saying, I, I guess I didn't know, like, and maybe that's what's so cool about the time we're living in um, that. Like, I didn't know that I could just be me and not, not have a brand associated with me. Cause really like, and when I, I remember someone being like, you are building someone else's brand or like, you're your own thing. And it's like, what? No, I work at this place. What? And I, I just wonder if that's, what's so cool about, you know, like being in the arts and in the time that we are, because like, you know, like the fact that you're performing at such a high level in your profession. And then as well, like right now you're, you know, you're in Nashville and you're a doula. And it's like, I guess I just feel like I love that things that I love the complexity of people. And I love that, like, like, you know, and we talked about this when you were in once about how, like, what if the secret to like continuing to have this career that like people would look at and go, holy shit is the the let go that you have and being like, yeah, but I also want to be a doula and I also want to do this. And I, you know, I might want to do this and that like frees it up to maybe be your dream career. Yeah, definitely. And I think then, um, the dream career is one that's going to continue shifting and changing and has lots of growth. And I think, you know, I, I think so much about you and I'm like, what are the words that I think are synonymous with you? And your curiosity is such a big thing that you lead with. And it's curiosity about things around you. It's curiosity about other people, but you're also really open and curious about yourself and asking yourself questions for growth. And I think you get to remain true to yourself. If you're open to saying my wants might change, my goals might change. I'm curious to know what, where this step leads me instead of saying like, well, I, I focused on this goal, so I guess this is where I stay or I just stay in this lane. But for me, so much of my, I do wear many hats and I do a lot of things. And I sometimes feel self-conscious that on the outside, that must look like I'm non-committal or flighty or kind of like career ADD, but I'm not. It all kind of has this through line that has just been like achieving, setting my, you know, sights on one goal 
And when I get it being like, okay, cool. How do I feel about it? What did I learn? Where is it? Where is my life leading me from that experience? And just that curiosity and ability to kind of self-evaluate has just opened up like a lot of paths for me of where I get to travel. Um, yeah, that's yeah. What, there was a question I wanted to ask you before you even just teed it up perfectly was like, do you think that you had to be laser focused on like the acting in order to get to a place to have more space to start being able to, you know, have more interests? Or do you think you've always no. had that? No, I'm always like, I don't, gosh, laser focus is not a word I associate with myself because yeah. I think I... Uh, but I'm not, I'm not distracted easily either. I know a lot of people in my career who believe that it, you have to be laser focused in order to be successful and you have to sacrifice friendships and you have to sacrifice other interests and you have to pursue this with like every bit of yourself if you want to make it in this really difficult competitive career. And that's never been what makes me happy. Um, I'm always like, okay, I bet that works for some people. But for me as an artist who deals with like storytelling and um, giving other people the chance to live vicariously through different life experiences, which is essentially just what acting is, you know, um, I better be living as much as possible and gathering as many human experiences myself um, because I don't think, I think laser focus actually, um, can keep curiosity away sometimes. If you're just like, this is, this is the one direction I have to go in. You might miss all these amazing things that are occurring on the sides that teach you where you want to head next. So no, I don't think I'm very laser focused, but I'm also really passionate. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. You just, I just had an aha moment. Cause I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I was laser focused. Cause I thought that that's how I had to do it. I also had a learning disability. So I think I thought, well, I'm not very smart. So I'm going to have to really hone in on this. And like, that was not, that was a limiting belief. But I think that the story that I think so many of us tell ourselves, myself included, is like, well, yeah, I got here because of that laser focus. But I think that we we say that because we're trying to make ourselves feel better for all those adventures and all those detours and all those things that you just described that we would have gone on had we not had our heads up our asses. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I was actually thinking before we chatted today, I was listening to some other episodes of your podcast and I was like, man, all these people really have their shit together. And they're on like, they're on the side of this adventure where they can reflect back on the journey and teach you something. And there's plenty of things in my life that I do feel capable of doing that with. But I'm also currently, I feel like in this transitional phase of being really open of like, um, I know where I've come from and I know a few things that are ahead of me, but also there's something that still needs to settle in a new place. And I'm living in kind of a curious nebulous zone right now of just being like I'm I'm focused in that I'm open to listening to what I should be learning but I but it's not um so regimented um why am I even saying that I don't know there's something about that laser focus of like yeah I think that when you relieve yourself of that pressure is when you have those 
cool no, realizations. Okay. Of well, I that. think all that speaks to your humility. I think you have a lot more figured out than a lot of people, but of course you'd be the person <laughs> being like, I have the most to learn. And I think that that's actually a beautiful thing. And I think yeah. I saw a quote that said like, you know, it's good to get to a place where you can stand in a room and be like, I really don't know. And I yeah. remember being so freed up when I'm like, fuck, I don't have to have the answer to every question someone asks me. Like, like I can be like, oh, time will tell and make a yeah. joke or just whatever. But I, I think that like one thing I admire about you that I remember asking you a while ago was like, okay, do you think you ever stop at the side of your journey and like, oh, holy shit, like, look at where I'm at. And I remember you saying this, I don't know if it's changed for you, but you said, yeah. I don't think I'll ever get to that place because I'm doing the work, I'm in it. And yeah. I feel like that speaks to what you were saying before of like, I, it's not like you're listening to people that are like saying like, they kind of have this vantage point, but I wonder if part of like, what makes you special and part of what makes you keep doing more is that you're just like doing the work and you're in it and you're not so concerned with how it looks. So yeah. you don't need to have it figured out, but I just, would you yeah. speak to that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, um, I, uh, my sister just sent me something today about middle kids, middle children and about how middle children give less of a fuck usually. I'm a middle <laughs> child. Yeah, that makes sense. Of course yeah. you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, think I have always embraced my weirdness and I've always embraced that like how I view things and how I feel about them matters a lot more than maybe how people might view me. Um, and that I, I uh, care about the respect of people I respect above just general ideas of that. But, but be, ask me more specific, like, what do you, what are you, I guess like, like, do you feel like, like, do you ever stop and are you ever like impressed with where you've gotten uh -huh. to, or is that not really a, even a, a focal point of you? Cause it's like, yeah. it's, pretty, it's pretty inspirational to, you know, I remember like you were sitting in my chair, I was about ready to open my second studio. And I was saying like, yeah, I guess like, I never dreamed of having my own place. I never thought I would do it alone. I guess you know, oh, yeah. you were saying I was doing a play in Wisconsin and like, I was like, you know, why don't I try out for this, you know, about this Broadway and, um, and I, and I, I don't know if it was Harry Potter or which one it was, yeah. but you said, I just, you were like, I never aspired to be on Broadway. I never, right. like, I was just in it. And I'm like, do you think that neither of us like dreamed big enough? But yeah. Like, and I don't know why that always stuck with me with you. Cause I was like, like we're both doing things that we're like, well, oh, I never, I never even had this aspiration. And I don't know if that's like part of the going on the detour and just seeing what the next step is. Yeah, I don't know. Cause I feel yeah. like so cool what you've done. Well, okay. There's, I think two parts of answering that, which is one, I've gotten much better at reflecting back on achievements and telling myself like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. And celebrating them. A lot of the time when I'm doing something, I am constantly, um, you know, so with my job and it, it, it is similar, you're kind of doing the same task every day, but it's completely different. You know, like it's the same lines and the same blocking that I'm doing on stage day after day, just like it's the same process of, you know, putting foils on people's mm -hmm. hair, but it's completely different because it is like, um, I'm different every day. The audience is different every day, just like your audience, your clients are different every day. So it's the same and different. So you are constantly just in the work and uh, trying to better yourself 
in the work, but I do look back now uh, with a lot more generosity and kindness for myself than I think I previously did as a young person. Um, I think when I was younger, I'd look back at like plays I finished and be like, oh, you idiot. Like, why didn't you make this choice instead of being like, well, you were making the choice. Like anything in life, you're operating with the tools you have at that time, right? So I've gotten a lot better at looking back at and being really proud of what I've come from. Um, and I think that leads to the second half, which is a lot of it has been that my main goals have been to be better, to grow, to um, have as many experiences as I can have because that's how I learn and grow and to not hold myself accountable for a goal I made five years ago, to constantly be asking myself, like, well, what do I want now? So that um, each, it, some of it does feel like, oh, I, maybe I didn't dream big enough because look what I achieved and it wasn't something I was chasing necessarily. But I was, I was dreaming that big if I, if I, did achieve it. Does that make sense? Like, I don't believe it just landed in my lap and I don't believe it was just, um, I, so it's somewhere between laser focus and luck, right? <laughs> like, I, where I ended up in what I achieved was because I believed in myself enough to take each of the steps that got me to that big dream. I, I think, of, yeah, I totally remember that conversation we had and it is a mix of being humble, um, humble and hungry, maybe are the words, you know, being like, this is exciting. Isn't it great that I achieved that? Yes. Great. What is the hard thing that's next? What's the next thing that I can't even imagine right now? Like yeah. if I couldn't imagine that I'd ever be on Broadway and I did, I, I will have my um third Broadway show coming up now this um, summer and then next fall. But, um, you know, so, okay, what's after that? What, what can I not even see that's ahead of me right now? Well, I always love about being a hairstylist is like you have someone in your chair and then the next person sits down, the next person. And like, I, one thing that I love about you is that like, no one would know what you do. No one would know your resume. No one would know anything. And you sit down and you're just, you're like, so like just regular. And, you know, <laughs> then the next person sits down and like, I would say, they don't have as much going on and they're like, Oh God, it's been so much. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, it's so funny in my job to just the way that I get to spend time with different people. And yeah, I love, I love just how low key you are about it. But I think I'm learning as we're talking, I'm like, Oh, because you don't define yourself based on right. what it is you do. It's the adventure you're having at that given time. Totally. Yes. And I think I like, I like defining myself as an actor sometimes, but it's not, I get like, I get very anxious. I used to get anxious when I was younger and didn't feel successful. And people would ask, what do you do? And you I'd be a hairstylist. And I was watching this Netflix and the other day it was called the Royal treatment. It was a salon owner from the Bronx. And then the Prince who she cut his hair, of course, then, then <laughs> he said to her, this is so perfect. He goes, he goes, you want to travel the world and you have so many things you want to be and so many interests. Why are you just a hairstylist? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's 2022 Disney or whatever. It wasn't Disney, but I was like, 
why is it just how dare you put just in front of that (laughs) totally what you're saying of like you know like I feel like you kind of have to I feel like you don't have to but in both professions it's like you're hustling for your worthiness of like look at me look what I did I'm no I'm a real one I'm a real I'm I'm a real real successful one (laughs) right and what does that even mean but yeah I think I I used to be because then there's always a follow-up that questions your worth it would feel like you know so for acting it's you know if people were like what do you do and you say I'm an actor and then they immediately are like oh would I have seen you in anything and you're like not unless you saw that basement Shakespeare production that I did for three people you know like um so I think like I I used to be I wanted to identify as my art and occupation but was anxious about it But then this kind of beautiful shift kind of happened from that, which was because straight out of school. Okay. So because I didn't go to a fancy conservatory for acting, I didn't have a lot of um, connections that were helping me out of school. I was building myself just from the bottom, just having to do it myself. Um, I had a lot of, I, I started just out of necessity with a lot of different jobs. I was like teaching kids acting. I was doing, you know, I was like nannying. I was tr- doing a bunch of odd jobs to make a living while trying to act for very little money. So when people would ask me, oh, what do you do? I'd like read them and how what I needed from them or didn't want to get from them. And I choose which job I would tell them. You know, I'd be like, I'm a teacher. Um, or I'm, um, I'm a musician cause I do that too. I would just like pick these things and it felt like a protective mechanism doing that. But now it's turned into, I, why would I define myself as one thing? Because if you ask me all the things I do, I'm a composer, I'm a teacher, I'm an actress, I'm an improviser. I host a variety show, um, I am a doula now. I'm currently applying to go back to school to get my degree in mental health counseling to try to become a therapist. And that all has the same through line though, which was like, I care about other people's stories. I care about um, being present for other humans. I I care about... um, experiencing as much as I can and portraying different experiences. Like there, there is a through line with all of those different occupations. So I don't identify as one anymore, but I can articulate what is like, what's the thesis so far of my life. Like instead of saying I'm a this or I'm a that it doesn't, you know, I can, I can answer that way, but it doesn't feel like my identity, which is, I think a long winded way of saying, I loved it, but I think it's like, it's why I'm, I'm just, I am all these things and I'm just, that's just me that, so I don't, there's not a presentation of myself when I'm sitting in a chair or there's not a presentation of what an actor should be or what, what um, a successful fill in the blank looks like. Just like, I don't, you know. 
No, I love that so much. And I was thinking like life, isn't it funny how you get, you get the accolade you'd need to be able to own what you always wanted to be able to do, like to be able to tell people like, oh yeah, no, I mean, have you seen, have you seen Harry Potter on Broadway? Like now that you could fucking do that. Now you don't give a shit. And I think that's like funny about life, how it's like you get the career, you get the life that, you know, that you needed to brag to that person in high school about or whatever. (laughs) You you don't even give a fuck if they know you did it or not. Because you're like, oh, no, I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it for the praise. I'm not. And I don't know. I feel like it's like a metaphor for life. Totally. Again, it's my my impress less connect more, which is that I'm like, you know, my success is in certain ways like that. Of course, it's great. Of course, I am really proud. I'm really fucking proud of it. But it's also kind of for other people, right? Like, it's for my mom. It's so that my mom can relax when people ask what her daughter does. And she's like, my daughter's an actress on Broadway. Like, that feels better. And it relieves stress for other people in my life. Or, you know, it's like, cool for my niece and nephew to tell people that. Um, And I like that I get, can give those gifts to people of like, by proxy to me, they get to have, they feel yeah. like, um, pride. Um, but, oh, what was I going to say? Something about that. It was in relation to what you said. Um, I don't know, Lindsay, I'm like, this is the first, this is the most I've talked to another person in so long. So I'm, I'm like, You're just delivering babies in silence. <laughs> No, but it's been a long time since I've talked about myself. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, well, but maybe okay. it'll come back I, to me. I had a thought when you were talking about like all the things you were, it made more sense to me why my husband tells people when they're like, what do you do? Instead of like going into like the insurance that he does, he goes, I'm in risk management. And I told him, <laughs> goes, no one knows what the fuck that is. And he goes, I know that's why I say it. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, wait. And now I do remember that that brought me back that like if certain things are for other people to talk about and they can pick and choose like anyone's going to do that you're out of control of how people view you and what they choose to see as impressive. I like the ability to like downplay it and focus on connecting with a person instead of impressing them. That's what I was going to say, Jesse, that it's like, yeah, your husband could go into an explanation of what his job is, but is that who is that for? Like, and what people want when they are talking to you is to connect with you, right? They don't really. So I sometimes I'll say like, oh, I'm an artist, or I do a bunch of things. Oh, a friend of mine said that when people say, "What do you do?" She started to say, um, "I do my best," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I think I might start saying that because I, you know, I." Um, I want to connect with people instead of being like, let me, let me um, get distracted with telling you the definition of who I am. Like, let's see who you get to know, like get to know you just, you know, well, that's like the minimalist. These guys I love, they have had a podcast and stuff. When, when someone asks him what he does, he goes, man, I love riding bikes and I'm walking on the beach. What are you into? Yeah. And the person's like, well, I haven't done it in a long time, but what I love to do, and then they start talking and they have this conversation because he just takes the, what you do? And he goes, God, I do a lot of things. I like to, and I'm like, that's so, so much more interesting than the, what do you do? Totally. I've, I started a few years ago instead, like when you meet strangers and it's just a way to break silence and try to get connection by being what, saying, what do you do? But I try to think of different, you know, I try to be like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, 
have you had any cool adventures? <laughs> what's, what's the last adventure you went on? <laughs> like, what's something cool that you've been like learning about? Or, you know, well, just something that's about connecting. <laughs> something else you said that like really stuck with me was the gauging what you thought the person's reaction would be and then mm. hitting them with what you thought they would maybe like accept the most or be like I think as hairstylists like let's say we're going to change our schedule or we're going to have to like change a policy or raise our prices it's like each person comes in you're like how do I like is this person going to be accepting is this person and like kind of morphing it I would even say even aside from all that like just like morphing your personality for each person like this person wants this Lindsay this person wants that Lindsay and that's kind of what you were saying you were feeling I don't yeah. know I just I feel like that I can so relate to that of like but what a freeing place to get to where you're just like well I'm just going to be the same and it's yes. like no matter who I'm with and it's yes. like I have so much more energy Right. Right. And the difference between like people pleasing and pleasing yourself. And it's like, it's a lot more pleasing to me to like honor who I am and what I am first. And, and again, it's this thing of like, do I like, you know, you're evaluating me and instead of me being so concerned about it, I'm, we'll get to know each other and I'll see whether I care about your opinion, but I'm going to lead just with who I like myself to be instead of trying to please whoever's in front of me um, by giving them whatever version I think is going to be the one they want. So yeah, yeah. I heard it said then I, and I'm like, wow, that really does make sense. Like how it's actually kind of, it's not, you know, like I always thought I was being like, I was, I always thought I was like doing the, I was being so gracious to like become who I thought they wanted me to be, but really yeah. it was manipulative because they didn't get to know the real me. Right. And then, so I never, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting whole dynamic. Yeah. And that is an overlap for sure that I didn't think about, which is, you know, so much of my career when you're trying to get work, um, especially when you're young, is you walk into a room auditioning for something. And even though every, you know, all the advice you get when you're an artist or, you know, it's the same now. People are like, just, you are enough. You are enough. But that's hard in a actual space where there is, um, where there's stakes, right? Like getting a job, keeping a job, making a connection or forming a business relationship. This idea of like, let me become who I think you want me to be to, um, give so I can like, you know, I'm sure it's the same with you of leading with how can I get this client to, um, how can I please them and get them to want my business by morphing into what they want instead of being like, Oh wait, I'm actually, when I bring myself, when I bring my skills, that is what they're buying. They're purchasing. You know what I mean? Like that's the connection. So I'm doing a disservice to everyone. If I don't just walk in representing that piece of me and being like, take it or leave it. You're not, I'm not going to be an act. I'm not going to be everyone's first choice and that's okay. Maybe that means we shouldn't be working together. Just like, Maybe you're not everyone's taste as a stylist, but so who does it serve for you to fake it? You know? Yeah, Yeah. no, I think, yeah, you just become like a watered down version. You have a lot more clients, but they're not all clients that bring you joy because you've been lying to yourself and morphing into who they want you to be instead of being like, wait, and now I'm like, I can tell I have awesome, like everyone's awesome because I don't even know who I'm seeing that day. And I always say that's the gauge of if I'm, I'm like, if I'm living an authentic life is like, if I know who I'm seeing that day and I have to like work, I have to start getting into character before they even come in. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, 
okay, here I go. It's like, yeah. that means you're not, your, your business isn't quite designed for you. If you have yeah. to like get into character. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know what, the more you figure out those boundaries, then the more you start to, you can have the give, give and take in business, which is like, okay, when do I need to take this client where what I am getting out of it it might not be joy in the place that I usually find it in the places I've built, but what am I getting for this like sliver of time where I do put the performance on and I it, like, what am I getting? I still, I bet there's still something I'm getting as long as I'm understanding my own boundaries. Yeah. And totally. Like, I feel like there are people that I've, that like, maybe they used to bother me, but now mm. because I remain so curious. I get to understand them better and they don't yes. bother me because they make more sense to me. Yes. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about you, the shifts you've gone through and, you know, trying to steer this into the idea of like having a lot of different, um, identifiers, but they have the same thread or they've been born from the realization of like pleasing yourself or, or knowing your own worth and how it opens all these different opportunities up, which is like, you've you in your journey of being a business owner it like branched that could have been it that's enough like that's enough for you that's great that's success right but you started to be like how can I um impart this wisdom or how can I give some help to to people who also might be on this path okay so I'm gonna start thinking about like what did that process look like and maybe I can offer that help Um, and then like this podcast coming out of it. Um, and I think about, I mean, do do you feel like, do you feel like the steps for you came from sitting really strong in the power of your discovery of what you wanted? And then like, how did that lead to, to being like, and now how can I make it like a package that can help other people? Yeah, I think it was that I feel like I went through like a really lonely time and I had followed all the society's rules of like what success is. And then I was like sitting there going, oh my God, this actually fucking sucks. Yeah. And then, but there were elements of it that were awesome. I just had like given up too much of myself along the whole process that then I remember being like, as I started to find myself again and like figure out what I liked and what I wanted, then I thought to myself, well, what if there's other hairstylists that don't know their life suck either? Yeah. Because I'm like, I didn't know it sucked. I thought I was living the dream. Like I thought I was happy and I yeah. wasn't. So yeah. that, I think it came from there. And then from that, it's like, well, maybe like I could, you know, package something together that like other people that I needed that I didn't know that didn't exist and, yeah. uh, and also I'm like, I get really insecure. Like, well, who am I to teach this? And I'm like, well, I learned through experience. So by the time I figure out a way to teach it, it's really, really simple because I don't learn in a traditional way. So I feel like if I can do this spreadsheet, then like, it's going to be fucking layman's terms. (laughs) So I always see people with more beautiful imagery or people with things that they're naturally good at that. I'm like, Oh God, I gotta hire someone for that. Or mine's a little shoddy, but it's like, I I just kind of go, well, I'm going to just keep putting things out there, see what sticks, you know, but kind of from my heart. And then like the, the, the underlying thing is like, well, I just want to leave the industry, my industry better than I, than I found it. And I feel like it wouldn't, I mean, 
every little bit probably helps because there really isn't, there really wasn't that much support when I started. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of. I love that. And I really like, I think I've done a lot of, of going like, okay, so I have this, so I should be happy. Right. But the ability, and I don't think it's negativity. It's, it's just really asking yourself specificity of what's making, what makes you wag, you know, that it's like, um, okay, I, I have this, you know, when I had my first Broadway job being like, great. So I think, um, I'm sure plenty of people would be like, keep, keep, you want to keep feeling, taking this drug of this success. But I was like, well, at this point, what I want at that time, I was like, um, I don't want to live in New York when this job is done. I don't want to start over in a new place right now. I have a great life that I built in Chicago and this experience is great. And I'm sure I'll find a way back here if I want to. Um, but I want to go back to the house that I have in Chicago and I want to get married to the man who's in Chicago, who I was engaged to at the time. And, and, um, I have some stuff in Chicago actually that I still want to check off my list. Um, and there were, you know, all of that was at just keep asking myself the questions of like, what, what actually is it that is going to make me happy and what do I want to learn and where do I want to grow instead of just trusting like, well, everyone else said this is how I should feel good and successful and happy. So I guess I should keep traveling the way everyone else is determining. Yeah. yeah. Now, I feel like, like there's a really a mix in your life. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but of like, I don't know, just like, no, like knowing yourself and then also like free falling. Like, I don't know, yeah. like, I keep thinking about your wedding and how you, you know, you told me that you showed up at it and you had no idea what the wedding was going to be. Yeah. Share that with people because I feel like that's like yeah. some sort of masterclass something. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. I think like there a big element of me. It, it is, it's what I'm saying that I'm not laser focused that I, Oh, um, I heard this quote. I, I bet I t- said it to you last time I saw you in person. Cause I say it to everyone right now. It's my favorite thing, which is that, um, when thinking about being positive or negative, optimist or pessimist, that it's not about just the power of like thinking happy or only thinking that there's good things, but that um, the quote is an optimist knows that anything can happen. A pessimist is always right. And I love that because it's like, if you think bad shit's going to come get, you'll see the bad shit. But if you're someone, an optimist doesn't mean you're just like happiness, happiness. You're just kind of like, I wonder what's going to happen every day being like, I wonder what's going to happen. That that just leads to honesty, which is how you learn. Right. So our wedding reflected that because, um, we were like, you know, we can plan this whole event and tell people what readings they're going to read. And it's so um, silly when you think about it. It's what I did, but it's like, please get up there and say, I carry you in my heart. read this poem, read this part, uh, you know, like, but then I know I've planned it all then. And I'm just kind of experiencing this, um, performance that I, I wanted to like, so Eric and I, when we were planning our wedding, we're like, we just want it to feel like everyone is present in the same way and that we can all kind of be together saying like, what's going to happen? Cause that's like the most joyful way to be together as a group. And it, look, it comes from a performance background, which is 
in theater, it's this beautiful thing that it, it has um, this electric feeling in the air because it's live humans in front of you doing some kind of task and anything could happen. Anything can happen and it's like a beautiful reflection of life, but we're going to experience it as a community together and we're going to get through it together and we'll laugh and cry together, but let's all be on the same page of accepting that anything can happen. So we just kind of assigned our closest friends. Um, we just said, hey, can you all just surprise us? Just surprise us and create, you know, the focus is a, com- a celebration of our community and the our families both chosen and given. Um, and we want to show up and be able to be present and surprised. So like, that is how I try to live. <laughs> and I really do. And it doesn't always mean joy. Some days I'm like, this is a shitty day, but I'm in it and I'm living through it. And who knows like what tomorrow might be, who knows how I'll be surprised tomorrow. Um, I had another just Oprah, Oprah soul Sunday, fucking aha moment. <laughs> yeah. That's life. Like what you just said, like I could plan it and I could like, you know, know what's going to happen. And I think we're so, and I, I was just talking to my therapist about this. I'm like, Oh, I feel like I like to f- look at the future and like, like look at like what school's birdie going to go to. And I said, I think I'm doing that all to like keep myself safe or just like distract myself from the present moment. And I think that what you said about your wedding is how so many people consciously or unconsciously live their lives. Being like, what's going to happen next? Well, it's like, well, Pam, I think we all know what's going to happen next. You've orchestrated the whole thing. (laughs) Stop acting like you don't know that reading from Corinthians is coming up. Yeah, you know. (laughs) I love that because it's like life is so much better when you don't when you don't over like you don't get overly involved in it. Yeah, 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 and and it's a balance, right? It's like setting goals but being open to the experiences. So it's not just floating around being like universe tell me what's next that's not how I live I don't think in terms of like something that's predetermined and guiding me even though some days I'm like man can someone just show can you just show me the tell me what that I'm gonna be all right (laughs) like tell me what the future is gonna be but I I make goals I follow what I what I'm interested in pursuing and I kind of always have my periphery open of being like, but don't block out any, don't block out opportunity. Don't block out any experiences. Um, who knows what that might teach you and what it, the next step it might lead you to. You know, I think so much of even like, so if my first kind of commercial success piece of my career was doing once on Broadway, which was this beautiful musical where I had to play piano in it and sing. Well, I'm not really a professional pianist and I'm not a Broadway style singer, but I look at all the things that I just kind of kept myself open to, which was like, honestly, I uh, was teaching classes to kids and they were giving me kind of these set musicals to teach these kids. And I was like, they're kind of boring. I want to help these kids write their own musical. So it was like a safe place for me to explore being a musician. Well, Doing that gave me the confidence to start to play more and practice more on the piano. Um, And then when I met Eric, he liked to play music. And I was like, hey, we should play music together. We should play music out. And it was scary, but I wanted to connect with him in that way. And I knew because 
he was an excellent musician. I'd learned something by performing with someone better than me. And that step led to me feeling a little more comfortable performing in front of humans, singing and playing, and owning my own voice and style. So by the time this audition came for that musical, it was kind of like, it's not fate and it's not the universe plopping this thing down in front of me. It's the series of steps that I was just following with curiosity and why not miss? <laughs> like, why not? Why not try that? Why not follow that and see where it's leading me? Um, and little did I know that all those steps and skills were leading me to this big gift. And then that big gift leads you to the next, you know, small little steps and tunnels. It's, it's a good way to live just because I'm like, I, I'm not just floating freely without opinion. I have very strong opinions and very strong passions, but I also know that they're not limited. They're expansive. So if I love these things, why wouldn't I give them room to like grow and, you know, be this beautiful plant with a lot of roots, you know? So like seeing, like getting to see you in once, it's like, I literally, like, couldn't, everyone's sitting around me. I was like, uh, they were like, why are you here? I'm like, my, my friend's in the show. Why are you here? Um, I was so proud. But also like, I feel like that role was made for you. So it's so funny that like, who am I to do all this? And then it's like, it's like, again, like back to like how life's so funny. It's like, and then everywhere you go, people are like, this was made for you. And you're like, right. Well, you're like, no, but you're like, no, I just felt, I'm just bringing myself. So it's not that it was made for me. I'm just sitting confidently in who I am in these circumstances, in this, in this chair. So like, yeah, I look, it looks like it was made for me because I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, sitting with strength. Um, That's good. But I also, I love, there's something really, I think I probably, I was so self-conscious when you came to see it and when you came to the variety show because. I almost missed it because Ramel got us going back on the train back to whatever, wherever we were in Brooklyn. And I was like, this is the one fucking thing I want to do on this trip. And I'm going to miss the show. No, I was, I was like, I can't believe I know someone that's going to allow me to come backstage. Holy shit. You, it was phenomenal. But I liked it. I, I have such a great memory of you coming to see it because well, first of all, just who you are and you're no bullshit. And I was excited to just be like, what's someone who doesn't, who isn't used to like, who doesn't know the um, performance of being a friend who has seen you in a show and like everyone knows the right thing to say. And, and as someone who fucking hates, sorry, I'm swearing so much. Um, as someone who hates bullshit and I can, I'm, I wish I had less of a, um, Radar? Yeah, sometimes I, I, and sometimes I can turn it off, but I'm not very good at it. um, If I see bullshit in front of me, then I'm like, everything you've said doesn't matter. Now you're, (laughs) you know, like, I can't trust what you've said. But I, what I love about you, one of the many things is that I'm like, it's no bullshit. There's going to be no bullshit. So I'm going to get to have such a fresh experience of seeing what the art I do, like how it affects someone who isn't going to candy coat shit and doesn't feel like they owe me anything like yeah. it was just so nice it's so, it's well, so refreshing and not like I've been to a ton of Broadway's but it was still to this day my my favorite and I think it was really like it was you but it was also the music and yeah I, I guess what I loved about it which is also like maybe what we can all take from this you know is like 
it wasn't like all the other shows I've been to that has a ton of stage changes. And like you guys were in the same, just like the, the stage didn't really change. Mm-mm. And it was just about the art and it was just about the music and the connections and the people. And I feel like it's just kind of like so many people, so many different shows, so many different parts of life. People try and put so much fanfare around it. And I felt like it was just so purely what it was. So I couldn't help but just appreciate it. Cause I was like, it's not trying to be anything. It's not. Oh my gosh. Look, you perfectly and succinctly brought me back to like what my whole thing has been this past 40 minutes, which is impress less and connect more. It's the connection between people who are like living authentically and passionately that draws people in more than flair is nice. Flair is great. Right. I mean, it's fun. And there's absolutely a necessity for it. It's great. But there's, um, there's more to be learned, I think from those deeper connections. So, yeah. So where can people find you and how do we, um, add the doula component more to your Instagram because I want to know more about it. And I mean, with you, you got to respect people's privacies, but, but I, I don't know. I I want people to be able to follow along with you. So we didn't really talk about that, but yeah. So like very briefly, I became a doula because my best friend asked me to be her doula and be present with her and be part of her story. And like, I love it so much that I started to, I, I did all the training. I, I, um, got certified and, and now I've done like seven births. I've assisted seven births and, um, you know, I'm real, I'm so elderly, um, that I'm very bad at social media and very bad at promoting myself, but I'm on Instagram, but there's not a lot of, um, you know, I'm elusive because I, I do too many things, I guess. I also so, think but if you want a private to, person. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I don't like the presentation of anything. I like, I like the authenticity. So you can absolutely follow me on Instagram, which I don't even, what is my Instagram name? Jfish. I have to look it up. Um, oh, yeah, it's Jfish 1982. 1982. Um, so now you know how old I am, but, um, you can follow me on there and I don't, know if you'll get much specificity <laughs> like you don't have to but you're welcome to join me and if you need any birthing advice or doula I'd be happy to answer that or if you have any acting questions I can answer those too or music you know any of the millions yeah, of things that I do anything you know <laughs> yeah really I'll be willing to learn it and help you and if it, you know, sometimes you post pictures of your dog and my, my oh yeah, it's mostly dog. dog content. Yeah, mostly mostly dog content for sure. Yeah. yeah. The last thing we'll tell everyone is that um, I was just flipped to your Instagram and you had that sweatshirt on that was your dog, and I said, "Oh my god, you have to wear that to your appointment." And it was right after my dog had passed, and so then you were like, "I wouldn't wear the fucking sweatshirt because I would feel like a total asshole." And I was like. You're right. Really yeah, felt weird. Yeah, if I'd walked in the door and been like, "Look at my dog! Look at my dog that's with me!" Yeah, no, so I'm not the kindest. You so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate just how you do life in the world. So thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for inviting me. Hey guys, I have a favor. If you enjoy 
She Makes Waves, the podcast, or you loved this episode in particular, can you head over to iTunes and rate and review the podcast so that we can get it in the ears of more people that need the information that we're sharing? It would mean the world to me. It empowers me to keep going and every message I get from you guys means the world to me. Have a wave-making day and I'll see you next week.